This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, it's Saturday. It's this Saturday show, specifically Saturday, January 6th. And you know what January 6th means. The last two slots in the AFC South will be bitterly contested. Is the tet? No, it's not that. It's not as fun as that. Was the insurrection, the siege. That's what I was calling it when I did my show on that day. The show, the gist, the one you're listening to. And we are going to play two segments from that show. Will we call it the best of, worst of democracy. Pretty decent show, I do have to say. I listened back. I kind of forgot what I said. I forgot if I even addressed it that day. Uh, I know the next day I looked at a lot of the footage that was taken by Baked Alaska and some of the insurgents, and I wrote around that. That's a write around. That's what they. Uh, that's a term of art for the radio broadcasting industry. But the show that I brought to you, the audience, or them, the audience, if you weren't listening back in 2001, does stand up for a couple of reasons. It's not that, you know, I did such a great job. It's that there were clips from the news. There were statements from the participants. There was, at least on my part, and I think on the part of others, a very early understanding of what this meant and who started it all. So I do think even though we took a year to get to the January 6th committee, if you were paying attention, you could have come to many of the conclusions that that august, if not body, but a portion of a body that included Democrats and a couple of Republicans came to. So I'm going to play parts of my show uh, from January 6th. There is an interview I won't be playing. It was more of uh, just impressions of a reporter who was kind of trapped inside that day, and that's certainly harrowing. But the parts that do hold up, I'll be bringing to you. And after you hear this, the first part from January 6th, 2021, I'll come back, I'll reset, and then we'll get to the conclusions. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. It's Wednesday, January 6th, 2020. From Slate, it's the gist. I'm Mike Pesca. As dusk fell on the U.S. Capitol tonight, after protesters fell upon it, hallways and offices were still occupied by a MAGA hat-wearing mob. At least one person was shot as insurrectionists stormed through barricades, broke windows, crashed through doors, and created a scene that has never been seen because it only ever happened, per the observations of Fox's Chad Pergram, when Washington was burned during the War of 1812. 
This is the most significant breach of an American government institution since the Battle of Bladensburg, August 24th, 1814, when the British came and burned the Capitol and also burned the White House. We have never had an instance of an incursion inside the U.S. Capitol building to this degree uh, since that time. Uh, let's be clear, the mob upended American democracy today as they try to count the Electoral College. The mob, the insurrectionists, the horde, all fair. I called them protesters, technically true, but they are illegitimate protesters. On CNN, they were describing the actions in more scathing terms, Jake Tapper. Definition of sedition is to try to overturn the rule of law uh, through force. And that is what we are witnessing. Trump supporters who have been lied to by Trump and his minions, individuals like Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, lied to by MAGA media, have been incensed and outraged, and they are now uh, resorting, to, resorting to, to physically trying to storm the Capitol to stop the constitutional process. This is accurate. Title 18 of the U.S. Code defines sedition as to oppose by force the authority of the United States government to prevent, hinder, or delay by force the execution of any law of the United States to take, seize, or possess by force any property of the United States. The process Tapper spoke of is usually pro forma. It is laid out in the Constitution, 12th Amendment. On January 6th, quote, the president of the Senate shall in the presence of the Senate and House of Representatives open all the certificates and the votes shall then be counted. But getting in the way of these efforts to count the electoral votes was the farcical effort led by Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, also involved Ted Cruz and about a dozen other senators, plus well over 100 members of the House of Representatives. Exemplifying their position is the Newly sworn in representative Lauren Boebert, the first words this freshman representative who wrote the Second Amendment to Washington spoke on the House floor, was a joke about not being there to start a duel. Thank you, Madam Speaker. And to ease everyone's nerve, I want you to all know that I am not here to challenge anyone to a duel like Alexander Hamilton or Aaron Burr. Within a couple of hours, police would be drawing guns inside the very chamber she had been addressing, and as I said, blood would be spilled. While Bobert worked herself into a fast-acting lather, Mitch McConnell countered the effort to overturn the election results by pointing out that if the Hawley-led objection went forward, it would lead to a disputation of every election and, quote, every four years would be a scramble for power at any cost. McConnell said that Democrats have disputed every election that their candidate lost, which is true, but in a very limited way because all the losing candidates conceded and their objections never came to a vote on the House or Senate floor. But McConnell emphasized this point to try to convince his fellow Republicans. If you don't like what the Democrats did, he pointed out, you would be a hypocrite to favor this. But we must not imitate and escalate what we repudiate. This was supposed to be a parameter for what could have been a sad and sluggish day of doomed-to-fail protest votes and lots of preening for a TV audience. Instead, it was a frenzied day of fleeing in gas masks amid lockdowns and violence. As scenes of walls being scaled and windows being shattered and institutions being violated, as those scenes filled our TV screens, the media grew increasingly appalled. 
there, there is this thing called a stochastic terrorism, which is the idea of leaders putting out falsehoods and demonizing people. And then acts of violence happen, and it can't be directly tied, but it's, it's, it, there is a responsibility there. That was, again, CNN's Jake Tapper. This was CNN's Van Jones. This is treason. This is insurrection. This is rebellion. Period. Now, terrorism is a term of art, and it can have legal definitions. It can also just mean to terrorize, and I wouldn't fault anyone who witnessed what was going on and was frightened, indeed terrorized. Treason is a more poorly chosen word. Sedition is apt, but treason is actively waging war against the United States, aiding its enemies, and is punishable by death. Talk cautiously about treason, I would advise. And you have to wonder, is it treason if the coup is plotted from above? Maybe it is. As Jim Acosta asked, again in hyperbolic, though perhaps fitting tones, where was the president? You can almost take it to the bank, Jake, that the president of the United States is watching all of this unfold, watching what he egged on unfold, and is essentially watching the world burn. So where was the president? Eventually, he issued a video which urged peace, or at least used the word peace, but also told the unpeaceful that they were in fact correct, that the election had been stolen, and that he empathized or sympathized with their plight, meaning his plight. It was an odd and ineffective call to end the belligerents in that it reaffirmed the very casus belli that caused the rioting in the first place. The mob had a mob mentality because they were a mob. And what defined that mentality was clearly provided by their leader. Donald Trump spoke to them at a rally hours before they descended upon the Capitol. The radical left knows exactly what they're doing. Trump listed discredited example after example of how this election was unfair. Dead people voting, stuffed ballot machines, counting ballots that were received, he said, too late. Every manner of disproved argument that had been thrown out and sometimes angered the courts. And those courts were often judges that he appointed. These were all brought up and used to rouse the crowd. He argued for over an hour And his thesis came down to one word, fraud. And what do you do with fraud? And fraud breaks up everything, doesn't it? When you catch somebody in a fraud, you're allowed to go by very different rules. Different rules or no rules at all. And where would be the place to demand this new set of rules or non-rules? Well, the Capitol, right down the street from where he was speaking. Trump told them to go, and he inaccurately said he'd be right there with them. We're going to walk down and I'll be there with you. Among the protesters who heeded this call was a guy who entered Nancy Pelosi's office after the speaker had been escorted off the premises. He or someone had written these words on a folder on a desk in that office, quote, we will not back down. Wherever might he have gotten that idea? We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft Okay, it's Mike again in 2024, all those years ago, is what we were listening to. And now we join with the spiel from that day. And it was really a a fragmented type of show. 
I had wanted to talk about the Georgia election results, which created a 50-50 Senate. That dynamic would be very important to uh, what went on. And I will self-critique what you're about to hear. I think I get most of it right. You'll, You'll hear me talking about just how appalling these events weren't just to me, but to what I think is somewhat dismissively called normies. And that's true. It maybe wasn't as true to normie Republicans, if you look at polls, something like 80% of self-identified Republicans talk about the participants in January 6th as being patriotic. That's fine. But everything else where I talked about aligning with Trump being more of a hindrance than a help, I do think that's been borne out in elections. The one exception, and I didn't even anticipate this, how could I? The one exception of who wouldn't be hurt by being associated with Trump in light of the insurrection of 2021 was Trump, was Trump himself. I don't know how I could be so blind. Maybe I was just in shock, but here's the rest of that show. In the last few moments of this show, I wanted to just make a few comments that I had planned to make after watching the seismic results out of Georgia in which two Democrats exceeded their primary performances and gained election to the U.S. Senate, the U.S. Senate, which will now be a 50-50 body, but with Kamala Harris as the tiebreaker. And wow, wow, does the fulcrum of power ever owe a debt to Stacey Abrams. It is hard to think of another political actor who set out on as seemingly impossible a task for herself and exceeded that task. Sorry. It wasn't for herself, was it? It was decidedly not for herself. But even before today, and even before what we saw at the Capitol, I was thinking and rethinking that the Republican political establishment might soon be reconsidering what was conventional wisdom, which was that so many of them were clamoring to get into the Trumpian lane of American politics. More and more, it looks like the Trumpian lane has jumped the divider and is headed for oncoming traffic. Is Trump the most popular and powerful force inside the party? I guess he is. But he's also clearly the most destructive force, and not all outward destructive, inwardly destructive too. He's like a Hindu god. The Senate candidates who embraced him the most, Martha McSally of Arizona, Cory Gardner of Colorado, these two Georgia senators, they were beaten. In the first two cases, they were destroyed. Republicans who didn't fully embrace the president or even broke with the president significantly at times, like Susan Collins or Joni Ernst, they exceeded expectations. And I do think the memory of today's insurrection will be seared into the consciousness of a lot of people and not just Democratic partisans. It's the sort of appalling and shameful event that regular Americans, Americans who don't even pay that much to politics, will surely learn about and be shocked by. People just want low crime, low taxes if they could get it, their health, their family's health, general social harmony. You know, most people will find this very upsetting. And I don't know that they will remember or remember to connect the dots to Josh Hawley and he will be punished for it or Ted Cruz will be punished for it. But if there is a candidate who is clearly associated with Trump, and therefore clearly associated with this, it's definitely a general election vulnerability. And I do think it seems like a shakier place to plant one's flag than it did even two days ago. And yes, Republicans are afraid of being primaried, but they're also afraid of losing in the general election. And I think it's really not so certain that the key to being the most successful Republican will be the same thing as being the Trumpiest Republican. 
I always had my doubts about this thesis, and now I have greater doubts, and I wouldn't be surprised that all the would-be little Donalds don't come to this conclusion, too. All right, that was the riot that was January 6th, 2021. The producer of the program today is Corey Wara, and the senior producer for The Gist is Joel Patterson. We'll talk to you on Monday.